a good question. I think not adapting. Um, things change so fast, even year over year from 2020 to now. And I think getting caught up in traditional ways of marketing, uh, which which do work sometimes depending on, on where you're at and what your market's like. But uh, marketing is changing so fast and you have to be able to, work, to try new things, be able to fail and keep going. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Casey Hilder. Now, he was the marketing manager at Thunderdome Restaurant Group, now the director of marketing at Starbird Chicken, led by the incomparable Aaron Novershen. Uh, check out his podcast. He did a, he did one with us a little while ago. Super, super cool podcast. Excited for this one, Casey. Now, we, we met... Um, we met a while ago, but then we recently spoke at the same conference in LA and I was blown away. This, this guy had such an incredible session. I came up to him afterwards. I was like, dude, Casey, could we have you on the podcast to chat about this? He's like, Absolutely. So anyway, Casey, so glad that you're joining us and giving ovation. Thanks for taking some time with us. Yeah. Hello, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here and uh, excited to talk about Starbird, what you guys are doing, the industry as a whole. And uh, yeah, excited to be here. Sweet, man. So first of all, tell me a little bit about what do, what does a marketing manager at Starbird do? Good question. Um, every day is different. And that's why I love this industry. And I love my position. Um, you know, we, we have a small team at Starbird who handles pretty much everything uh, guest facing, whether it's uh, signage at a restaurant, whether it's digital menu boards, loyalty program, uh, photo shoots, social media, it's kind of all encompassing everything guest facing. Um, and it's really exciting because every day is different. Um, every day we see new challenges, whether it's sales, uh, building checks in the restaurant, or you know, replacing an eight and a half by eleven POP at the register. Um, yeah. All things like that that are changing every day. It's it's really exciting, and it's a it's a pretty fun and exciting company to be working with right now. And especially because you guys are going through some pretty cool growth right now. And um, I recently saw a little Starbird told me that you guys uh, are are starting to get aggressive on your expansion plans. And so must be pretty cool to, to be marketing manager at such a, a, not just a hot brand, but a brand that genuinely has so much good juju behind it. I mean, there's, I hear about Starbird all over the place at every conference I go to. Uh, so kudos to you and the team for just rocking that out. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, we've been fortunate. We have an awesome leadership team here, as you mentioned, led by Aaron Ocean, who's been just paving the way as a, as a trailblazer in the industry. Um, and yeah, we just launched our franchising program. We're going to be corporately growing throughout California, which we're really okay. excited about. Yeah, so that's um, the thing. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to talk about that yet. So anyway, yeah, franchising, no, it's, it's public. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, corporately, we're, we're doing some cool stuff in LA over the next 12 months, um, continuing our Bay Area expansion. And on the franchise side, yeah, applications are open. So starbirdfranchising.com. Um, we're registered in quite a few states on the, the West Coast and some in the Midwest. And uh, yeah, looking forward to bringing Starbird to different communities outside California. Super cool. Now, jumping into it, what is a mortal sin that you see a lot of restaurants make with marketing? I mean, you've spent uh, over a decade now marketing in the hospitality space. What, what, what do you think is a, is a mistake a lot of people make? 
It's a good question. I think not adapting. Um, things change so fast, even year over year from 2020 to now. And I think getting caught up in traditional ways of marketing, uh, which which do work sometimes depending on, on where you're at and what your market's like. But uh, marketing is changing so fast and you have to be able to, work, to try new things, be able to fail and keep going. We've Something I love about this position in this uh, company is we love trying things. We'll yeah. try something for a week. If it doesn't work, we move on. Um, but we try to stay on top of everything. Like TikTok a year ago, no one was really on TikTok. We made that kind of a priority, which may not be a priority to some restaurants, but it's it's new and we can capture a whole new demographic and a whole new generation, really. Um, so things like that and just staying on top of curves, I think is really important. How, how do you do that? How do you actually have the time to stay ahead of the trends and, and to see what the trends are? Um, I personally gain inspiration from other brands. I, I look at people in the industry that I uh, admire and get inspiration from. Um, and I see what they're doing and I, I try it out. And if it doesn't work, we move on. If it sticks, uh, we keep going with it. And, you know, I think gaining inspiration from competitors, even in the industry is a great way to learn about, you know, what, what, what's successful and what's not. And I think that is so interesting because, you know, what, what works really well for one brand might not work for another. I was just hanging out with uh, Jim Biddick's over there at Dave's hot chicken uh, speaking of, you know, quasi competitors, right? Like yeah, you guys both yeah. sell birds, but um, at the, you know, he doesn't do, they don't do their own first party ordering. They don't do their own delivery. They're just like, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to partner with people to do that for us. And it works for them, but yeah. that doesn't work for very many brands. Uh, right. And so I think that the concept is, I, I love that idea of, you know, follow people, follow competitors, see what's going on. And the beautiful, the beauty about marketing is that everyone has to be public about what they're doing, right? Right. It's like, exactly. The whole, the whole concept of marketing is using that megaphone to tell people. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so cool to see like restaurants, like in and out, right. They're, they're pretty much like anti, um, you know, anti-digital. They want to keep their standards as they were 50 years ago and it works well for them and they continue to be successful. Um, so just, it varies on per restaurant and really what is going to work for your brand. I mean, even look at Shake Shack, right? They are, they swore that they would never do drive through. It, it is not in our culture. It will never happen. Yeah. Well, guess what? They're eating those burgers words right now because they're doing drive through. And I love, I love that they're doing that because they were able to, to tease out what is our brand and then how do we express our brand? And, right. you know, just, just to your point of like TikTok, okay, do or don't, if you were to, you know, go into a new restaurant right now as the marketing manager and they said, Casey, should we do TikTok? Yes or no? What would you say? I would say absolutely. I mean, I would say if you're if you're not doing that, you're missing out on a whole demographic, a whole generation. I, I think I saw a stat, it was a Gen Z stat, but it was like 75% of Gen Zs are are using TikTok and Instagram to find restaurants and to look at menus. Like things like Yelp and Google are are almost becoming outdated for this younger generation who want to find things like restaurants or experiences where typically we would go to Yelp or Google um, and they're using these social platforms, which we find really interesting. I mean, just to give you insight into how I do it, right? It's literally, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok as I'm scrolling through. I see a reel that looks good. I mean, you guys have a reel right now that's got over 3 million hits of people dipping chicken into sauces. Right. When I when I see a reel that looks good, what do I do? I go and I I click the location, I go to my Google Maps and I save it as a place that I want to go to. Yeah, and so that exactly. way when I know that I'm going to that city, 
I have all of these all of these locations pinned, and I will add the link uh, to their Instagram or to their TikTok, so I can go and like see see what it is, and that's how I do the menu, right? I, I don't I don't want to read about it. I want to see it. Yeah, that's like the perfect guest flow for a, a targeted TikToker right there. So you're you're living it. That's what we're aiming for. And it's it's tough, right, Casey? Because uh, marketing for so many years was really really hard to track, and then it became easier to track, and now it's becoming hard to track again because you're hopping hopping platforms, and you no longer have like, hey, get a Facebook, uh, click an ad, get a message, get the coupon, come in, redeem that coupon. Right now, the LTV, the lifetime value of a customer, is is expanded and it's cross platforms and it's cross channels, and you need to be able to talk to the same guest in person, online, via TikTok, connect, making it easy to connect on their Google Maps. I think that that's just like your job has become as a marketing manager at a, at a restaurant has become thrown to the forefront of the pandemic because I think people are realizing it's all about that guest communication. Marketing sets the expectation and marketing follows up after the expectation, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We, we focused, I mean, since the pandemic, we were focusing on digital, you know, 2018, 2019, but I think 2020, everyone basically shifted gears and said, okay, we're going to be hundred percent digital for a year or two. Um, And I think that's trained consumers quite a bit to live that digital experience. So it's not Mm -hmm. so foreign to like it was in 2017, 2018. Um, But we treat that experience just as important as anyone walking in our doors. I mean, the checkout experience, how you receive confirmation, the time you pick up your order, all those things are things we focus on a lot when it comes to digital ordering. Yeah. And and you guys, you guys crush it at that. Now, one one of the things that you talked about in your, uh, in your session at the conference we spoke at together was was the branded house or house of brands. So talk to us a little bit about that. What does that mean? Um, I know this, it was like an incredible hour long presentation. If you were to like summarize that, uh, what would be the cliff notes of that, of that session? Yeah. So I was talking a little bit about our virtual brands. Um, we have a branded house, what we call it. So we have, we have four virtual brands under our main starboard brand, um, all branded within the starboard, uh, branded ecosystem. So each each brand has the word starboard in it, starboard wings, starboard salads. Um, we have one called Garden Bird, which is a little bit of a more variation, but you can still pick up um, the similarity from the logo and the name. Um, so that's the route we took. As far as uh, House of Brands is a brand that you know is leading a group, a company, and has multiple brands underneath it. I think I gave the Taco Bell example when I gave this presentation, maybe Taco Bell KFC. Um, but yeah, I mean, we take the, that approach specifically for SEO. Um, if someone is searching for Starboard on DoorDash, Uber Eats, or Google, and they, they want to maybe a salad or they want to try wings, um, in a specific area, if you search, you know, salads in San Francisco, sometimes our Starboard Salads brand will actually pop up before Starboard Chicken. Um, so it's just a way for us to meet consumers where they want to be met and, you know, get them products quicker than they would be able to access on just the Starboard Chicken brand. And, you know, I, I think back in the days of the wild, wild west of SEO, where it was like originally on the search engines, you would be like, AAA plumbing. And that's how you got ranked first. Right. And it was exactly. All about yeah. Having the word plumbing. And then it became having like plumbing in your city. And then you go back to like the, the apps. I had a buddy that sold an app for $50 million and it was... QR code city was the name of the company and the app was called scan. And so when people would type in like scan QR code because of the name of the app and the name of the company, they showed up first 
And wow. you know, they were the number one QR code app. And now you're looking at the third party and it's really around search intent where people want, if they, you know, people go into DoorDash, search for chicken, are you going to show up or is, you know, is someone else going to show up? And a lot right. of that has to do with the naming mechanisms and, and uh, specificity because DoorDash, Uber Eats, these third parties, they want to create a great experience, meaning they want to show that consumer exactly what they can order right now, which is really cool. Um, yeah, exactly. And so I think that's, that's, that's great because especially if you have a solid brand like Starbird, the, the branded house makes so much sense where it's Starbird, something else, Starbird, something else, because people are looking and trust the Starbird name. If you have a newer brand and you want to try out some ghost kitchens, then, Hey, maybe just go for a different brand and just uh, really get in there niche wise. And it's, it's okay to have a menu with like 10 SKUs on it on DoorDash. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And when we started, a lot of people were asking us, like, what's the goal? Is it, is it to take a virtual brand consumer and bring them to the core brand? And we pulled some data from DoorDash and there's only less than 10% of users are actually using brands cross-functionally. So for the most part, someone's ordering Starboard Wings or Starboard Salads, they're sticking to that brand and they're, they're being a loyal consumer on the third-party side to that specific brand. And then, you know, our, our hypothesis was initially like, let's get these guys over to our, our core brand. But now we've, we've kind of pulled back of they want to be a loyal consumer to starboard salads. We're, we're going to let them do that. Um, Cause I mean, it, it's an order for us and it comes through on the third party side. It, it counts the same as a starboard order. Right. So um, yeah, that's the approach we're taking right now. And obviously a lot of this boils down to what you were just mentioning, which is the, the guest experience. And so what, what do you feel like is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? Um, I mean, I, I would say obviously digitally, um, but I think, being able to access something quickly on the digital side and just having a very clean and clear user experience. We've, we've switched to a few different front ends. Um, we just switched to actually the thanks front end for our online ordering system. Um, just because of how simple it is and how clear it is to find something on the menu makes a big difference. I think if, um, you know, we, we run into this sometimes with our kiosks in store, it's a great, beautiful digital menu, but someone might be on there for 10 or 15 minutes scrolling and clicking and there's things popping up. Um, that creates a bottleneck in the restaurant. So we're working on to make, you know, working to make that more clear and concise and quick. But um, I think just simple is better when it comes to digital ordering. I totally agree. And the efficiency of it, right? Where totally. you, you want to make it super crisp. And if you click that screen and it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, you know, react very quickly man, you're, you're losing that guest. You're losing trust. And, and I think that's something totally. that's so critical because if you do online ordering right, if you do digital right, tickets are 11% higher. Tips are even higher. We, we've done, we've read studies about how the, the, the tips from at a cash register to at a kiosk, your staff will make more money if they don't help the guest. Is yeah, that crazy? Not crazy? <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, we actually on our on our mobile app we have a a prompted tip. Obviously, the guests can choose, but we we prompt a fifteen percent tip. And when we turned this on, it, it was insane to see how many people are actually tipping for a really strong, positive pickup experience. Because that's what people want. They're trained to do that during the pandemic. They want to come and grab their bag and uh, and get on their way and and enjoy some food. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what are some? I know we've talked about a lot of different tactics. Uh, but if you were to kind of boil it down to a couple of tactics that somebody should try out that you would recommend, things that you maybe have seen other competitors doing lately or something that you're doing that seems to be working, any any tactics you want to share? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think internally, something we did about a year ago is we switched on the loyalty side from a, a spend-based program to a frequency-based program. Um, and this has been a pretty successful for us. We saw overall our cost of a loyalty program went down. Um, you, you think we were requiring people to spend $100. We were giving them $10, pretty standard spend-based program. Yeah. We switched to a frequency-based program, which is visit three times and get a $5 reward. So we're actually cutting that reward in half. We were given $5 instead of 10 and consumers were spending close to $100 over the three visits. So, I mean, it cut our loyalty costs almost in half. No um, way. Yeah. And that was a, kind of an eye opener for us. Uh, so we've been focusing a lot on frequency rather than spend. Um, and something That's we've been so working on closely. Because isn't that, I mean, that goes against the the total, it's just so interesting you, you said that case too, because Whenever I talk to someone about loyalty, it's always, it's got to be spent, got to be spent, got to be spent, got to be, why, like, what did you do differently that made it, that made it work? Like, is, is this something that's like, uh, you think a universal thing or do you think it's how you designed it? Yeah. I mean, we took recommendations from banks, our, our loyalty provider and just trends that they're seeing in the market. Um, but you know, our concern was if we moved to frequency is, is average check going to decrease? Are people going to come in, you know, buy get a drink and a fry and, and kind of abuse the system. Um, and that didn't happen. We were, we were basically getting 85 for every $5 we were giving away versus, you know, getting a hundred and giving 10. So it, it was benefiting us. We're still seeing average check basically stay the same. I think um, people's habits just as far as spend habits really stay the same. It's hard to get someone to buy something extra, but it's, I, we think it's easier to get someone to visit an extra time and order that, that same meal. That makes sense. Love that. That is so fascinating. So yeah, going back to like, you know, it's not that punch cards were wrong. It's just that it's the, the methodology of like a gen a generic punch card doesn't make sense. But what you're saying is if you can get that average ticket up, then shoot, give them five bucks off because what, and actually data shows that when you give someone a, a coupon, especially around, if you've got a ticket that's in the teens uh, low, low twenties and you give someone $5 off, they're going to spend more than that $5 because they feel like they got something for free. So they'll get, you know, a fry that costs five bucks and another milkshake to try out. Right. Like, they're going to spend exactly. more money. Your average ticket increases even with the $5 deduction. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, the brand Piata has been doing this for, for a few years now. I was a big user of Piata in my, my Midwest Ohio days. And uh, looked to them for a lot of inspiration, but I know they've been doing this for a while. And I know when I got that $5 reward, I was excited to get that discount. Like immediately wanted to go back and, and try something new. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So Casey, you mentioned, you mentioned um, about people that you follow. Who's someone that, who's someone that deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that we should be following, keeping track on, uh, learning from? Um, I, I personally, I, I follow Piata pretty closely. I think their designs, their product, their experience is, is pretty awesome. Um, I think they're they're in Ohio, Texas, and a few other the other states. Um, I mean, these these ones are obvious, but Chipotle and Starbucks to us are, are kind of like the trailblazer in the industry. Um, we think their digital ordering experiences are are like they're like paving the way for success. And um, I mean, Starbucks loyalty too, something we're watching closely and thinking about shifting to that kind of model. It's kind of a frequency spend combo almost, you could call it. Um, but those two brands we think are just like owning the game as far as digital delivery, digital pickup, uh, overall user experience. Um, and you know, they're have thousands of restaurants, so they're doing something right. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. And if you have not gone to a McDonald's and tried the digital menu ordering, like 
go try it. It's unreal how easy it is to order. Yeah. I don't care if you like McDonald's or not. That is that is like a phenomenal ordering experience. It's crazy. Yeah, McDonald's is. I mean, this is a probably not a wide known fact, but it's a it's a public fact. Um, we were talking to a menu board provider who we were, we were looking at for menu screens, and they were telling us they were working McDonald's, and they have this insane facial recognition feature based on what you look like, your age, your your gender, whatever it may be. When you pull up to a drive through, they have over five hundred different menu variations that they'll show no, you. No, they it's, don't. Yeah, their tech is is crazy. I mean, it's, oh it's pretty cool. Gosh. I think it freaks some people out, but I think it's where the industry's going, you know, as far as like order customization and really tailoring needs to, to the consumer. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm surprised though, because when I pull up in a minivan with my three kids and looking like a middle-aged, you know, <laughs> middle-aged dude, I'm surprised they don't offer like beer or something like, oh, you, right, it's like exactly. you need a break. <laughs> I don't drink, but I think that would be, uh, that's, that's what I would expect to see. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, Casey, how do people find you, follow you and Starbird? Um, yeah, I mean, Starbird is on all the social sites. Uh, as I mentioned, we've been cranking out some cool TikToks. Check us out on TikTok. Um, I think for you know more formal business growth sort of thing, we're all over LinkedIn. We've been really trying to stay up to date on, on uh, growth, franchise opportunities and that stuff on LinkedIn. Um, and for me as well, I think LinkedIn, I'm always open. I, I uh, always try to respond to everyone that DMs me on LinkedIn. I think some people are shine away from that. But I was young in my career. I reached out to a lot of people and just wanted to learn. So I'm always willing to take conversations and, you know, talk to people about the restaurant industry because it's a fun industry. It is, isn't it? Man, yeah. I, I know it's it, the hardest thing about being in this industry and going to these trade shows is uh, going home, going back to the hotel at night. Cause it's like, I just want to stay out more. But... Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Casey for pulling back the curtain and for making marketing cool again, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us, giving us some tips and strategies, man. Thanks, Zach. It was great talking to you. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.